listening to the Fantasy Alarm DFS NBA podcast with host John Pimba and James Grandey. What is going on, FA Nation? John Pemba here with James Grande bringing back the NBA DFS podcast here. Opening night, James. Tonight, Golden State, Brooklyn, Clippers, Lakers, two marquee matchups, some big names on this slate. It's a fantastic way to kick off the season, which honestly feels like it just ended. Well, it did just end. Um, and I'm uh, happy to be back, first and foremost. Um, even though it did just end, you know, uh, nothing better than the NBA. I was just talking to my fiance. Um, I think basketball like is firmly cemented as my favorite sport. I would lean the Yankees over any team that I root for. But NBA being the number one sport from fantasy, reality, the best drama on television. I'm, I'm just so super excited. And, you know, nothing better than getting like return of great players the return of Kevin Durant after a, a, a lengthy time out due to injury. Um, it's just really good to have it back and have the, the stars of the game back as well. Yeah, and you mentioned drama, instant drama here on opening night too. We have Durant up against his former team in the in the uh, you know Golden State Warriors. We have the Warriors last year uh, who were one of the worst teams in the NBA just due to all the plethora of injuries uh, that they suffered. You know, Clay Thompson and Seth Curry, we're out for the majority of the year. Unfortunately, Clay also now out for this year uh, as well with his uh, was a torn Achilles. I think it was that he uh, that he suffered there. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know it's unfortunate there, but they also reloaded. You know they have Wiggins. They drafted Wiseman. Um, you know they made some strong moves uh, in the offseason to kind of help their team. Plus, more importantly, they have a healthy Steph. Um, so you know it's it's going to be an interesting night. And then, like you said, we have the. You know, the two L.A. teams that is our late-night hammer. Uh, we know the talent that is on the those two teams. Uh, new coach there with the Clippers. Uh, no longer Doc Rivers, so we'll see exactly how those rotations uh, play out because we know we were frustrated at times with the way Doc handled his rotations. But new new players on these teams uh, should be an exciting one uh, to kick off. Uh, but, James, before we obviously go over these two slates, you know, this is sort of our hybrid uh, intro to the NBA season. You know, we do have some new things uh, and some old things, uh, you know, returning uh, with our coverage this year. Um, you know, obviously the, the same faces are here. Myself, James, Sean Mitchell, Justin Benjamin, and Adam Ronis as well, who will be doing a lot of the Wager Alarm NBA content. Um, you know, we're going to have the playbook per usual. We're going to do live streams, podcasts, uh, starting 5AU, the Value Vault, which I know everybody loved uh, as well. But we're also this year going to be introducing – uh, what we're going to be calling the NBA DFS Fast Break. Uh, and this is going to be uh, in place of the example lineups. Now I'll give everybody a second there to uh, catch their breath and sit back and, and realize uh, Ooh, that, yes, ah. yes, this is going to be replacing the example lineups that we have provided uh, in years past. Uh, truly, the developments in the lineup generator that we have made from the end of last year when it essentially debuted for the NBA, all the honing it got in during the MLB and NFL seasons. It's, it is such an amazing tool to use that we feel like making lineups using all of the content that we put out in the lineup generator will be your best chance of success than just copying the lineups that we put out as examples. And to be honest with you, a lot of those lineups were built using that lineup generator as it was. 
Um, you know, we have the lineup generator with the playbook only option. You click that button. It includes all of the players that we include in the playbook. You hit generate. You can generate up to 150 lineups. You can customize stacks, games you want to play, player exposure. There's locking features. Uh, if you want a guy to be just as a utility or if you're playing showdowns, if you want them just to be in a captain spot, it's, it is so customizable uh, that we feel like your best odds of being successful is to go ahead and use that lineup generator as opposed to just plugging and playing the example lineups that are out there. So this year we're going to be including what we're calling the fast break. Uh, essentially what it's going to do is narrow down the playbook to core plays that we like at each position at different price points. Uh, and it's going to come with a little bit of a, a lineup breakdown write-up as well. Let you guys know where we're feeling, you know, ultimately we're going to try to build our lineups. If we think that point guard is the strongest position of depth, you know, we're going to tell you that we think, you know, spending down at point guard may be the way to go. Here's our core spend down at that position. We're going to be looking to spend up at another position. This is our top spend up. So it's going to give you each of the five positions. It's going to give you three players per position, top price, mid-tier price and value price guys uh it's still gonna have the playbook we're still gonna have the starting five value vault and all those things like we said before this is just another another aid another piece of content tool to help you guys ultimately develop your own lineups and you're going to be doing that through the lineup generator which i said has been developing uh wing lineups for us all season long howard has used it during the nfl season uh you know we've used it during baseball and basketball like i said so uh don't be uh you know scared to say build your own lineups here uh, it's going to be an exciting time this year uh with everything that we have going on yeah and, and the thing about example lineups and um it just doesn't give our all the rest of the content you just mentioned it's due because we're just so focused on an x amount of players and and if our playbook hits on all these guys but you know we don't have them in these example lineups then it looks like you know we're not doing our job when we are. And we want to give you guys the best opportunity to win. And using this fast break with a core set of players um, does that better than the um, example lineups. And and like John said, the, the lineup generator is there. If you need, you know, you can plug and play the core guys. And then based on other guys you like, use the lineup generator and create your own lineups that way. So... Um, I do think that this is definitely the move for us, and it's going to be a very profitable season for FA Nation because of it. And, you know, um, I I can't believe that we're already here and we get to use all these amazing tools at Fantasy Alarm, um, including our brand new DFS Fast Break um, for the for the entire year and, and moving forward in, in all sports, I think. Uh, not just basketball, I think it's going to be... Um, amazing for football and baseball and whatever you want to play DFS um, in any sport or esport uh, moving forward. Exactly. And of course, you know, you'll always have access to us. We're going to be in those subscriber chats right up into to Ross Lock. We're going to be doing the live stream uh, 6 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. on slates that have uh, four more games on them. So uh, again, we're also here to be your resource, be your tool. Uh, if you have that question regarding lineup construction, like we're there in chat, like you guys building these lineups, getting them in and trying to, to win, uh, you know, and, and I think we're all going to be able to benefit from, from this. So uh, again, like I said, it's an exciting feature. Uh, it will debut on Wednesday when we have that 15 game opening slate. Um, and like I said, we're going to be in chat all day to answer questions and, 
get all the content out there for you. So it, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, but James, all that said, we do have a two-game opening slate to review. Um, and so why don't we just jump it off? We're going to go game by game here. Since it is a two-game slate, we'll kick it off with the Golden State Warriors at the Brooklyn Nets here. Uh, we're looking at a 231.5 game total. Uh, if you remember, James, last year, crazy game totals. Everybody was scoring points last year. Uh, we're right back yet at 231.5. And the Nets are giving seven points here as home favorites. So it's going to be an interesting game, high scoring, a lot of talent on both sides. Uh, why don't we start off here again? We'll, we'll kick it off at the point guard position. Obviously, the top two guys, uh, Curry, Irving, uh, really, really going to lead the show here. Yeah, and it's hard not to like both of them. Um, I could see. I mean, we've already we've already got Draymond Green ruled out. If we uh, want to get the injury news out of the way, so we're going to see Curry ball handling quite a bit here because um, you know we know Draymond does when he's on the floor. But I think Curry's the floor general in this one. Um, I could see a scenario where he starts off as with a double double. Um, considering he's going to see a lot of Kyrie Irving defense, and that's ideal. And then on the flip side, same thing goes for Kyrie. Um, I think it's going to be a problem for Golden State on the interior with no Draymond. I know James Wiseman is without an injury designation, and he's going to be a, a, a problem at the rim for for attacking offenses. Um, but I don't think Kyrie is going to have any problems here. I'm also interested to see how much, I guess, he defers to Kevin Durant and vice versa. And how much he defer, and how much Durant will defer to him in his first game back. Um, so I think this could be a really big Kyrie spot. Um, just considering, you know, yes, Durant has looked really good in in the preseason, but like, is Kevin Durant going to play thirty five minutes on the first night of the season? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, and I think Kyrie has a better opportunity to do so. So I mean. I'm okay going down to Kyrie at 8,500. I'm also okay with stacking them both um, and just playing both the point guards from this game because, quite honestly, I like the point guards from this game better than I like the point guards from the later, uh, the second game on the slate. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. I mean, if you're looking at top and talent, um, you know, that certainly holds true. Now, you know, DraftKings is giving you LeBron James as a point guard. So, uh, you know, that he's someone that's going to certainly enter that question when we cover it, but I mean, if you're looking at just from a pure standpoint of scoring and upside in this game, particularly, these are definitely the two guys. Uh, I'm going to be curious to see how sort of the secondary pieces with uh, on this team, you know, we, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, we loved playing Spencer Dinwiddie last year, uh, but Kyrie was out, you know, is he gonna, you know, come off the bench and have a role? Or are they going to have him start? So together? he's been starting, he's been starting in the preseason. the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, how well is he going to play with two more ball-dominant players um, on the floor with him? So, you know, that, that's definitely something that's going to be um, catching my eye. You know, he's $6,000 on DraftKings uh, is Dinwiddie. So that's something that is, uh, you know, worth noting. Over on FanDuel, he's actually a shooting guard. So, uh, you know, different different positions. Eligibility, of course, we're already running into this on both sites. So, uh, you know, it's something to watch because we did love Dinwiddie uh, a ton last year. Uh, at the shooting guard spot, you know, Andrew Wiggins uh, is likely the number two scoring option, obviously, on, on Golden State here. Um, you know, to me, Wiggins has always been sort of, a, you know, an unexciting player, but it was last year we started seeing him improve in sort of the secondary stat categories. 
um, along with the scoring. So if we're going to see another development where Wiggins is contributing across the board, uh, he's another guy that, again, on a small slate, you know that he has a safe floor. I think he's going to be another part of the core build. Yeah, I think it's important um, that you brought up the peripherals because career high in rebounds, career high in assists last year. So obviously good start there. Um, Also career high in blocks. So we're seeing a little more of that defensive prowess that he should be showing considering his length and athleticism. Um, Yeah, I think he's the clear-cut number two. And I think that when Golden State, they've done this in years past with Clay, with um, Durant, with Curry, where Kerr will always have one of their guys on the floor. Um, They'll never, you know, a lot of teams do this. Boston with Jason Tatum plays with the second unit. Um, You know, LeBron plays with the second unit. I think this is going to be... A situation to watch how they how they rotate their their minutes but Wiggins has also been a big minutes guy I mean he hasn't played 30 less than 34 minutes in um, an entire season for his entire career so I think Wiggins out of the gate is going to play a heavy get a heavy workload um, and I think it's a pretty good spot I, I guess I'm wondering um, when we're when we start talking about matchups who you know Brooklyn matches up against him is he going to see Joe Harris um, will he see some Karis LeBert? I'm sure he'll see both uh, Landry Shamit. All matchups I think Wiggins can exploit. And ultimately, I think Wiggins, like you said, is a core piece tomorrow, um, or today, rather. Uh, especially at $7,000, it's a really good price tag. Um, I think he correlates good with Curry, too, because Curry's going to, as I mentioned, I think there is a strong double-double possibility out of Curry. Yeah, exactly. Um, off the bench this year, they're going to use Karis LeVert seemingly as their sixth man, which I actually like. Uh, if that means there's going to be time where he is on the floor with just one of Irving or Durant potentially, or obviously those two guys play a lot of minutes. But, you know, getting opportunity for LeVert to be the guy on a second unit, I think, will bode well for his fantasy production, less contention in terms of usage. Uh, it is unfortunate, obviously, because, again, LeVert was a guy that we absolutely loved playing last year when it was just you know, he and Dinwiddie basically running the show. Uh, he's a, a, a tremendous scorer. We saw him with double-doubles, with assists, and filling out the box score. Um, you know, is he going to play 30-something minutes now a game? We'll have to wait and see. Probably unlikely. I bet he probably settles into the mid to upper 20s in minutes um, coming off the bench for them. So, again, got to temper your expectations for what we saw last year. But still a role player, still somebody that's going to get on the floor and and definitely get his shots when out there. Yeah, I just don't think I'm going to play six, pay 6500 I'd probably rather pay the 6000 for Dinwiddie. Uh, we saw Dinwiddie as a starter average over 21 points per game last year, and I know there was obviously it was Sands Durant and Sands Kyrie a lot of the time, but uh, we've seen the production as a starter. I don't think I'm going to pay 65 for Levert because it, it's going to if we spend 65 on Levert, it's going to be hard. We're going to be hard pressed to get like a Durant or a Curry LeBron or a Curry Davis or two of those studs um, with getting 6,500 Levert. I would probably rather play Shamit at 45 or I think they've been starting Joe Harris. Now, again, you know, what's his role going to be? You know, last year he was taking almost 10 plus shots a game. You know, is that going to be, is that going to be there for him this year? Is are those shot attempts going to drop maybe six to eight and majority of those coming from three point range, you know, like, it's it's certainly going to be some early on feeling out process when it comes to which you know role players we're going to be able to trust on these teams where they're sort of loaded 
um, you know, with production. But we've also seen other times where, you know, last year with, you know, Westbrook and Harden playing, you know, you were still able to play like an Eric Gordon at times, you know, like right. there's still going to be like a third score um, on this team. And, and, you know, while I think it's, it's going to probably be a Dinwiddie or Levert, you know, Joe Harris is outside shooting. I think it's going to play well for a team where Irving's going to drive, Durant's going to be out there, and he could be a kickout option. And he got paid $75 million, too. Um, I so thought like, that he was willing to come back, but I guess the money is there, right? Hey, money is money. Go get your money when you can. Because $75 million, you know, that that's going to be... He, Joe Harris is going to be pretty good for, for life, no matter whether, whether or not he's taking four shots a game or ten shots a game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, small forward Cali Oubre uh, was another new addition to Golden State this year. Um, you know, another guy that we we loved playing when he was with Phoenix. He had some monster nights there. He's a great scorer. Uh, and when he feels like doing other things, you know, rebounding or playing defense, you know, his, his fantasy ceiling uh, goes through the roof. I was going to have probably a tough matchup, I assume, he would draw, you know, a Kevin Durant type assignment, I would think. Um, so we'll have to wait and see exactly uh, how effective he could be. But again, on this slate, small, he has scoring upside that you want for your lineups. And I think that's an interesting point. And it's interesting to see what the Warriors do. Like, I think the expectation is going to be Eric Paschel starting at power forward. But if they wanted to go small and just really just spread the floor and use like Ubre as a as a hybrid power forward because like you know Brooklyn's going to use Durant as that hybrid power forward anyway. Like I wonder if that opens up the door for Kent Bazemore because um, Steve Kerr came out and said that he like Bazemore is already showing like he is a leader of this team, which is crazy to say because like it's Kent Bazemore, but he's forty three hundred. We know Kent Bazemore is very streaky, and if the Warriors are running. And I put this out on Twitter last week where every year that Steph Curry has been in the lineup except for um, two years ago, they've been top 10 in pace. So if they continue that torrid just up and down the court, I mean, Kent ba- this is a game that suits Kent more well um, if Golden State decides to go small because Draymond Green's off the floor. So I wonder what they do. Um, but I think Kent Bazemore is probably one of my favorite values uh given an early look at this slate, probably one of my favorite values on this slate. Yeah, no, again, he's another guy that can hit the three, two, which I like, which obviously you get that bonus uh, there on DraftKings. Um, you know, last year when he played with uh, uh, Sacramento, you know, he was having a good season. Portland, he saw his numbers dip a little bit, but uh, overall for him, not, not an awful year. And like you said, he's someone that fills it up, you know, can rebound. He gives you some steal upside, uh, you know, for a guy that for his career averages, you know, 20 minutes a game, he gives you over a steal. So, like, when he's on the floor, you know, he, he can give you some of that production. I agree. $4,300, if you're looking for value, that's definitely uh, one of the guys that you should be targeting. Uh, at the power forward position in this game, I mean, it's Durant. Uh, he, he's looked fantastic in their preseason games, um, you know, really showing no limitations. He's $9,800. You know, it, I don't feel like it's too soon to say, like, this could be the only time we get him under 10K. Yeah. Like, like, you know, if... If he is healthy, uh, you know, DraftKings uh, product, uh, pricing wise, 
Um, you know, that that's just it's he's such an elite, elite play, knowing that he really only has to deal with Kyrie and not playing on these like uber stack teams where everybody's, you know, touching the, the ball. It's going to be really a two man show. Uh, and on on FanDuel, he's only eighty five hundred dollars. So, like, you know, Durant to me is one of the musts of this slate. It's funny you mention that because that's exactly where I was going to go. Like, he's played on these Warriors teams that just dom- were dominant. But the last time we saw Durant as just him and Westbrook, I mean, it was 28-8-5. and five. That's as good as production as it gets. I mean, he's also averaged 30 points a game in two seasons uh, in his career with just one other guy. So... Yeah, I think that's a really good point to bring up that we're only there's only one other guy. It's Kyrie, who obviously isn't afraid to, you know, ha- handle the ball the whole game. But there's no way he doesn't defer to Durant more often than not. Um, and you're like you said, he's maybe the best player in the NBA when healthy. So um, I, I guess the rest of the position is interesting because I think Pashel will be. Would you say he's the chalkiest value of the slate, considering it's likely he starts over Draymond? Um, I guess the rest of the Brooklyn guys are probably fades, right, with Durant. But I guess there's an opportunity for, like, Torian Prince to play a bunch because we don't know if Durant's going to play 35 minutes. Well, I mean, I'm curious, you know, is it going to be Prince? You know, how are they going to use Jeff Green, um, who they signed? You know, and Green coming off basically, like, you know, obviously it wasn't a career year in terms of, like, production of like you know across the board but like the, the way he was used with Houston last year is their small ball center right like he was putting up some pretty good some pretty good nights so right if he signed a veteran minimum he's certainly ring chasing it seems like um but I don't think he's washed up by any any means so like he's a guy that can play essentially three positions for them if they wanted to go small ball center. I don't see that being a reason they would use Durant in that case, but he could play some small forward. He could play some power forward. Um, you know, so, I mean, green at 3,900 Prince at 3,900. Uh, it'll be interesting. Again, this is, this is why I'm very afraid to use a lot of these secondary guys in Brooklyn, right? right? Cause I have no idea what this rotate. They, they have too many guys that they have too many guys that are clear rotational players on like any other team. And yet they're all just sticking, you know, here on Brooklyn. So, yeah, you're not playing Karooks or, you know, you know, Lau Carabo, right? Like, you're not playing those guys this year. But, like, you know, Torian Prince is a good player. Jeff Green right. is a good player. Joe Harris, good player. You can't you can't trust him. So, um, yeah, I, I, Paschal, probably the value um, in this game. You know, and, and I still maybe worry a little bit exactly how much run he gets because, like you said, you know, they could go with Ubre playing power forward. We've right. seen it for him play power forward, uh, right. both with Washington and in Phoenix. And, you know, if they do like Bazemore and Pachel's, you know, doesn't have the scoring upside because I don't think he's as good of a scorer as Ubre, obviously, or even Bazemore probably for that matter. So if it gets into a spot where they need some points and them being almost, you know, seven-point dogs here, uh, you know, Pachel could be on a short leash. Plus, if he's the one defending Durant, you know, foul trouble – comes into play, you know, the right. the NBA is the only DFS sport really where like a player's fouls are are like impacting basically right. the, the production that they can have. You know, Pashal gets too early and he's not too early fouls, he's not seen again till the final four minutes of the second four. <laughs> you know, like so you know, those things are, are always part of the strategy you have to pay attention to. So um 
I would I'd be okay, you know, given the small slate of using Paschal because he's probably starting, like you said. Um, but I am definitely a little bit weary um, of, of what what he could be there. So, um, you know, and I'm curious, you know, how Golden State's going to use their centers. You know, you know, without Draymond there, we know, like you said, Wiseman's going to be in the rotation. But we've also heard Kerr say, like, you know, he may not necessarily you know, get the full run right away. Like he has right. things to learn. He's a, definitely a future piece. So like they have guys on their rosters, like a Marquise Chris, like a Kevin Looney um, who play center, but we've also seen them play power forward at times. Right. Like there's definitely a rotational issue that could be, you know, brought about in the front court here for the, um, you know, for Golden State. That's going to be worth monitoring for Brooklyn. They're going to start DeAndre Jordan um, and Jared Allen. It's seemingly going to be coming off the bench. I think both are fine. You know, they both have a lot of upside and short spurts. You know, last year you and I were, were loving the DeAndre Jordan. Like, all he's got to do is get us like, yeah. and you know, ten points and nine rebounds or whatever it is. Like, and we're we're okay. And we sweated out a game of watching DeAndre Jordan uh, get like rebounds and blocks. I think it was so the you know fun times of the DFS sweats. But um, you know, I, I think both of those centers are in play. I center at this end. This game is a disaster. Is a, like I feel more comfortable with the Brooklyn guys, but like I don't like their prices. Like I don't want to pay sixty two hundred for Jared Allen if he's coming off the bench, and I don't want to pay fifty six for DeAndre Jordan, even though he was handpicked by Kevin Durant and Kyrie. They were like, "Yo, go get DeAndre Jordan over here." Um, that's probably why they didn't extend Jared Allen today as well. Right. Uh, so Kyrie wants to trade him. So right. So like. They probably play DeAndre Jordan more often than not because they don't have to worry about, like, rim protection. They don't have to worry about playing defense themselves. They're like, well, DeAndre will be there to bail us out. So, um, yeah, I think DeAndre 56 is fine. Um, I guess I'm interested, like you said, about Marquise Chris playing the four here. Because, like, he can play the four, but, like, I mean, talk about foul-happy guys. If he were ever matched up against Durant, that would be a disaster. But would they match him up against, like, a Jeff Green or a Torian Prince? Like, that's intriguing to me. Uh, Marquise Chris playing the four. But I think Looney is okay. Chris is okay, Wiseman. But I don't think any of them are priorities tomorrow. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, we're going over this right now. We don't have, obviously, their, the lineups aren't out. So, um you know, when the official lineups are released, we'll know who's starting. You know, Chris could start at center or start at power forward. Right. Um, and, and then we'll sort of have a clearer vision of, of what we want to do there. Um, so, you know, but that's probably it for this game. Um, again, I agree with you. I, I, I would play Jordan just for the, the safer price. I think he'll probably play 28 or so minutes, you know, like, yeah. and Allen will come in and play 22 or 23. I think that's probably... Well, we'll see out of them. Uh, we know there's going to be a lot of missed shots um, and rebound opportunities will be there for both teams. So uh, that's the one thing I like about games that have a high go- game total is usually that means there's a lot of shots. You mentioned it's fast paced, a lot of opportunities for rebounds and and guys like Jordan, who at this point in their career, just they're there to grab those rebounds. Right. I think, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense to, to take a look at him. Uh, let's go over to the late night hammer game here. Obviously, this one is a. Uh, uh, quite appealing in terms of players that are on the slate. Um, you know, you have LeBron James, $9,600. You know, are you worried at all about any sort of restrictions? You know, we heard you know him sort of complain about the early start of the year. 
You know, he played 25 minutes in the last preseason game, but there was talk that he thought maybe he would sit out. You know, do do we think these guys are going to be limited at all? I have no idea. And I don't think anyone has any idea. I don't think we will know until there I'm is Woj lets us know. I'm hoping we get a tweet during the day from like Woj or Shams that says like, LeBron James will not be limited tonight. You know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm waiting. I mean, I think, I think there will, is a good chance that we, we find out early. Um, but like, I think there's going to be some sort of load management. Like there, I, I don't see a scenario where LeBron plays 35 minutes a game this year, uh, at least early on. And I, I don't, if he plays 30, do we want to pay 9,600 or would we rather just play Steph Curry and who's been playing like heavy minutes in the preseason or Kyrie Irving, who's been playing good minutes in the preseason. Right. I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a fair question. Um, if you're building multiple lineups, I think LeBron is obviously in play, but I also don't think he's the priority on this slate. And obviously I could be eating my words, but I don't think it's a coincidence that both Brooklyn and Golden State have higher implied totals than the Lakers do. I don't think there's a coincidence that that game has a higher over-under than this game does because I don't think anybody knows what the Lakers are going to do and how they're going to distribute their minutes. So um, I think LeBron is is obviously LeBron James, right? He's stepping on the floor away from a triple-double, but do I think he plays more than 30 minutes? If we were to set the over-under at like 30 and a half, I would probably take the under. And he's $11,000 over on FanDuel. Yeah, so. I mean, that's... You probably play slow. more on Fandle, though, right? Because the position is position scarcity, having to play two small forwards. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I mean, small forward actually isn't terrible. Eh, it's not great. It's LeBron, <laughs> Kawhi, Oubre, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Torian Prince, Ken Bazemore. So it's just all the bunch of guys we like mentioned are like in right. Brooklyn that are like, how can we trust any of them? And LeBron and Kawhi. Yeah, so you're basically playing Kawhi and Oubre on uh, FanDuel. So. Right. Maybe Ken Bazemore. Ken Bazemore is 100 bucks above min. So I think that's... he's really good play tomorrow if you if you just want to get crazy on the first slate. I don't think Steve Kerr comes out and says that he's one of the leaders of the team and then just like doesn't play the guy. Right. With um, an injury already in their front court. With their center, all their future center, future starting, future starting center already like restricted. Like there's going to be time for... Um, Baysmore, and if he gets going, they're not going to take him off the floor. I agree with you. I, I, and again, he's one of those streaky players too. When he gets hot, you're not going to want to take him mm-hmm. off, like you said. So, um, all right. So we have LeBron James as a power point guard on DraftKings, small forward on FanDuel. Um, Dennis Schroeder's questionable here uh, with an ankle. Um, you know, didn't play in their last exhibition game, but he was expected to play. Um, for the opener, assuming that ankle's okay. Now, he said he was going to go into the starting lineup. If you think AD and LeBron are going to be limited in any way, you know, Schroeder, I think, at his price at $5,800 on, on DraftKings, um, and on on FanDuel, he, of course, is a shooting guard, only $5,000. I mean, that's a guy that has a ton of upside if he's the only guy really on the floor. Yeah, I I agree. And we've seen him be a go-to scorer at times i mean he was a go-to guy in okc underpriced on seemingly every slate so yeah i have no problem with dennis Schroeder who can fill it up the only issue is the lakers are so deep this year like we are talking about like 
kind of lack of depth last year, like they do not have that problem this year. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how the the distribution is, but I or goes. But I do think it's a good point. Like if we do think LeBron is limited, which I personally do, I think he's gonna play around thirty minutes if that's like the cap. Um, Schroeder's going to see extra run at point guard and and probably be the floor general with like Harrell, right? Like it's gonna be him and Harold on the floor together with Davis and LeBron resting or something along those lines. So yeah, I, I like Dennis Shorter quite a bit. Um, I think he plays here cause he's had a good amount of time to, to rest. So um, I think Dennis Shorter is going to play and I think he fits perfectly in, in the Lakers starting lineup. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, what's interesting here is uh FanDuel has Lou Williams also listed as a point guard. I was wondering if this mm. is a DraftKings point guard, shooting guard, you know, combo with it. But nope, FanDuel loading up the Lou Williams point guard position here. He's $5,300 on FanDuel. DraftKings has him at 54. Uh, Pat Bev is 4,400 on, on FanDuel, on DraftKings rather, and 42 on FanDuel. Um, you know, Reggie Jackson, because they're uh, all point guard. I don't think Reggie Jackson's even a, is even in their rotation anymore. Like, I don't know what is... He signed a one-year deal to come back. He barely played for them in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know what happened with Reggie Jackson or why he uh, struggled the way he did as part of their organization. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Reggie Jackson's going to be, I imagine, in some sort of – I don't know if he's the starter anymore. Like, doesn't it feel like Beverly's going to be the starting point guard here? No, I definitely think Beverly's the starting point guard. But I just – I wanted to see, like, how sites were distributing the pricing because – or, like, I just – it just doesn't really make sense to me why Reggie Jackson is following the rotation. Because I, I do think, like, Lou Williams is going to play a lot of shooting guard. But they also brought in Luke Kennard and paid him today. And Nick Batum. And Nick Batum. As well. Who's been starting during the preseason. So, so does that way- mean they give Lou Williams more run at point guard? I, I think that is a fair, right? a fair point. Um, so, I, I don't know what Jackson... Jackson's listed as a shooting guard on FanDuel. For whatever that's worth, he's forty two hundred dollars. Um, Working out the kinks here, Fandle, Lou Williams, point guard, and Reggie Jackson shooting yeah, guard. That's a, they're they're in, they're in mid season form <laughs> Um But I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't know about Jackson. I think Beverly's going to start, and I know we know Will Lou Williams is going to have a strong role off the bench. Of course, the problem again last year was with Kawhi and George on the floor. You know, Lou Williams wasn't the Lou Williams of old, right? Like he wasn't the Williams of seasons past, where he was coming off the bench and playing 30 plus minutes and taking 20 shots like those shots aren't there for him anymore do you do you think that this is good for him though coming off the bench because there's no longer any mantras Harold, and we expect Serge Ibaka to start so now that it's his second unit like is this is he going to go crazy um well, it's going to be him and Kennard probably in the second unit, right? So, uh, yeah, but is Kennard as is he going to demand as much usage, I guess, as Montrezl Harrell would? I know, Mont- I know, Kennard's a good offensive player, but yeah, I was going to say I don't even really think Harold demanded a ton of usage per se. Like he wasn't calling for the ball; he was just uh, like a monster at getting rebounds, playing the post. That's uh, fair, you know. And again, not like that's Kennard, not like Kennard is bringing, but you know, we've seen times where Kennard does play point forward, 
Um, you know, he's definitely an outside three-point shooter where Williams can drive and kick out. So it'll be interesting. Again, it's it's the first game. You know, we don't know really exactly how all these rotations right. are going to play out. But I think if you're putting lineups together, I don't know if I'm putting in a, a Reggie Jackson. I would be okay with a Lou Williams. I'd be okay with a Pat Bev, and I'd be okay with a Canard if we're looking at guys, um, you know, coming off the bench there. But Toom is certainly an interesting one because, you know, we thought basically his career was over. Um, he got released and then signed by the Clippers like almost immediately. And now we're seeing him start, you know, but, you know, we've seen different levels of minutes for him during the preseason. You know, I, I don't imagine he's a 30 minute a night guy at this point. Um, but he is someone that, again, will sort of fill it up the, the stat sheet when he is on the floor. At least that's what it was when he was with Charlotte for however long he was capable of being healthy. Yeah, projected depth chart has him coming off the bench. So their projected depth chart also has Paul George starting at shooting guard, which is super interesting because that's a big Clippers lineup if Paul George is starting at shooting guard. Um, but yeah, I think Batum's okay. I I think I would rather play Kennard at 3,600 than Batum at 41. But like you said, Batum is better in better peripherally but if canard shots falling i mean he's i mean thirty six hundred dollars for a guy they just gave 64 million dollars to mm-hmm. no I, I i agree that to me is, is crazy um what are we doing with tim horton tucker <laughs> i i'm another one like the lakers are so deep like if this guy is serious um which he uh, all indications in the preseason say that he is I think it's he's worth it if you're he's definitely in their in their rotation, right? Like Danny Green's gone, Avery Bradley's gone. Like, you well, know. They paid, well, they paid KCP, and right. you know, yeah, they, he starts. <sighs> I mean, I guess, yeah. Is like, is West is West Matthews really the guy? He I mean, is apparently going to start at shooting guard, so. Um, but he sucks. There's a role for Tucker, for Horton Tucker to back up both the shooting guard and the small forward position. So, right. I mean, I think there's a role. Maybe, though, tomorrow is a fade because all the buzz that he's generating coming into this game, and he plays like nine minutes. But again, it was one of the monster numbers in the preseason. No, monster. Monster. He scored 33 points in a game. Uh, he had like 60 something fancy points in that game. If he, anyone, for anyone keeping track of fantasy scoring in preseason, um, yeah, he, he's a monster. And I'm not saying definitely fade him, but because if you do think that these guys are limited or not going to play or whatever, then he's an option. But yeah, if you're, if you're, you know, doing the $3.20 max grind day, you're going to have how many lineups with THT? <sighs> I'll put him at like, I'll play like twenty percent or so. If if we're playing twenty lineups, I'd probably play him in like twenty percent of my laps. Yeah. Maybe maybe like fifteen to twenty percent, somewhere in that range, because um, I don't want to miss out on a potential the nuts at thirty five hundred. Sure. But like again, Luke Kennard. $100 more expensive with you know a he's gonna more concise. Yeah, it's a more concise path to minutes in for the Clippers. So, like, I would rather play Kennard if, 
who they both play shooting guard, small forward on DraftKings, and they're $100 different. Um, but Horton Tucker is definitely an X factor that could win you a GPP. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on uh, that one there. Um, yeah, you mentioned that Paul George is a shooting guard. That one is. Yep. Uh... He is he is in a projected depth chart. Their starting lineup is Beverly, George, Leonard, Marcus Morris, and Serge Ibaka. So Paul George is the two, which I think is why I'm having a hard time not believing Kennard is going to play because they can always make go small with Kawhi at the four, Paul George at the three. Right. Lou Williams, point guard, and, and with Kennard at the two, you know, if they want like a really offensive, high-octane offensive lineup, which I think they need against the Lakers to, to match them. Um, so I just, when the Lakers are, are clicking, I don't know if Horton Tucker is playing over like KCP or... Sure. Yeah, okay, that makes sense then. Um, obviously, Kawhi, I think, is a no-brainer here. Yeah. Uh, you know, $9,100 on FanDuel, on DraftKings, rather. Uh, FanDuel is 95 That's fine. No problems. Um, you know, George last year definitely struggled um, at times, right? Like, he wasn't really meeting value. But I think with him being under 8K, um, I'm okay with it. You know, I, that's as long as he's under $8,000 and we're not expecting 40 fantasy points out of him, I'm fine, um, you know, making the spend there. Uh, Anthony Davis, 10K. What what's your takes here? Um, I think he's I think he's more likely than LeBron to play 30 something minutes. He played 30 minutes in preseason, so he's pretty much up to his full allotment that we need to see. Like in order, and I mean we're talking about he's going to get Marcus Morris, or he's going to get Serge Ibaka, or he's going to get Avika Zubac, or he's going to get Pat Pat, like. There's no reason Anthony Davis doesn't go for 30 and 10 here, 25, 10, and four blocks. So I think Davis is probably the top spend on the slate, considering we saw the 30 minutes in preseason. He's a lot younger than LeBron. There's a lot less tread on the tires because he sits out all the time because he's injured. Um, If you had to pick one, Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant? I would probably actually go Anthony Davis. Okay. Um, I like the first game better. Overall, but I think Anthony Davis ends up being the top scorer of the slate. Are centers against the Clippers going to remain a thing? I mean, Ibaka's a better defender. Um, Size-wise, he has a, more, a little bit more size, but he's also a little bit past his prime as well. Yeah, that's he's he is definitely a better shot blocker than um, Zubac or Harrell were, um, are. I don't, but I... I don't think he's going to be able to bang with Davis in any type of capacity, honestly. And and if Marcus Morris, who is a good defender, opens up on Davis, I mean, Davis is just going to turn around and, and shoot over him like he does. Do you have but, any revenge narrative factor for Harrell here? Sure. I think I don't think there's bad blood, but uh, I do think that there's definitely some added motivation that, like, they didn't pay him as much as, you know, maybe the Lakers offered him or, you know, whatever the the case is and why he didn't return to the Clippers. Um, but I think there's a a better, there's a really good chance for a good role here for Harold because, um, you know, Marcus Ole is, is what he is, but Harold's going to be really good on this second unit. 
he's going to be really good on this Lakers second unit. Like, no, they're not going to get a break. Teams are going to have to go against LeBron and Davis and then go against Montrezl Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. Like, good luck. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Zubak, does he break free of the 20-minute bubble with Tyron Luna? No, because Serge Ibaka. He's, I mean, I think Ibaka is just going to play a lot of minutes here. I think I think Tyron Lue is going to play his guys a lot of minutes, and I don't think Zubak is going <laughs> to play more than 20. Poor guy, because, you know, we've seen him be really productive in a, in a short stint. Um, but it's already been announced Ibaka's the yeah. starter, and uh, I think we see a bunch of Ibaka. I do like him at 5,200. I think if there was a center that I was keen on using – I, it would be Ibaka fifty-two. Is he a center on Fanduel? Uh, Ibaka is a power forward, center, top, top price center <laughs> for this late on Fanduel. Montrose Harrell at fifty-one, Jared Allen at forty-eight, Zubac at forty-seven, DeAndre Jordan forty-five hundred dollars. Yeah, see, that's that's the play on Fanduel, but like James, that's James Wiseman's forty-two. Hmm. See, this is this is a good lesson on why we are going to um, play more on DraftKings. Well, no, to use the fast break as opposed yeah. to example lineups, because right. um, especially like just you know full circle. I think here to recap just this podcast. I think this is a good place to like kind of finish. You know, I mean, the slates are different and the sites are different, and they people are at different positions and. When we talk about how much we like Serge Ibaka on DraftKings, it's because he's a center, and the center position is weak. But when he's a power forward on Fanduel, it just doesn't give us that same luster in our Fanduel lineups. But you know, we'd still include Ibaka if we wanted to in a core, which is still you know, I think a good grounds to start your lineup construction. So um, definitely another reason why the fast break is going to be used and, and used more effectively because situations like this where sites can't agree on positions and we like Ibaka, but they can't agree on the position. So we just throw them in our, we put them in our core because we like them at this price tag or we throw DeAndre Jordan and be a Fandle core um, because of that. But uh, I think that ties in perfectly to the fast break and, and kind of why we're uh, at least one of the reasons why we're shifting to it. I agree with you there. Uh, all right, that wraps up the uh, first uh, NBA DFS podcast of the new fantasy basketball season. Uh, James Grande will have uh, your two-game slate right up for y'all. Uh, of course, we'll be in subscriber chat all day, and we're uh, we're excited to kick off the season. We're going to get to some winning here, James. A lot of green. I, I'm excited to see all the, the screenshots from uh... – from Fantasy Alarm this year and in the subscriber chat on Twitter. And if you remember last year, the uh, we all we almost won the for, on opening night. We almost won a GDP opening night. We came very close to doing so. That was like literally 14 months ago. I know. If you think about it, because the NBA is so far behind, behind considering that the season lasted as long as it did. Um, but... I'm I'm happy your memory. Well, is it the was way my it lineup because so I I was very. <laughs> oh, okay, toot toot, John, yeah. toot toot. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but that wraps up, everybody. Again, you know where to get us on Twitter at jmpemba seven 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 at the underscore real underscore grande. Get us in the subscribe chat. You know, Sean Mitchell's always in there, along with myself and James throughout the day. Uh, but for now, good luck, and we'll talk to you all later. Mm-hmm.